Guys, I think you're going to love this interview with Brock Wilbur, comedian Brock Wilbur, writer Brock Wilbur. He's been uh, he's been in Pace magazine. He's worked for Crooked Media, uh, Playboy, Vice, everywhere. Um, and uh, we talk we talk about a lot of different things. We talk about um, what it's like to be living in a, a flyover state, to be an activist and a journalist, trying to push for progressive policies. And uh, as you may imagine, uh, in the Midwest, they just they just accept his progressive values with open arms and a shotgun. Maybe an AR-15. I don't know. Um, but uh, but we talk about that. We talk about uh, what he sees is is maybe some positives on the Democratic side with all of these candidates running. Um, his prospects for uh, what may happen in 2020. Uh, we talk about Joe Biden and a huge fan of Joe Biden. Brock Wilbur is huge. He's not. But, um, oh, and uh, most importantly, we talk about uh, we talk about his cats who are adorable, uh, except one of them does not like him so much. Um, it's But they are adorable. Check him out at Brock Wilbur on Twitter. I want to give a big shout out to, to Corey Hill. Who uh, helped? Uh, who helped? Uh, f- basically, introduced me to Brock and set that up, uh, and uh, is now uh, producing, helping produce the show. Uh, Jake the Snake Craney, uh, with of course the fake sponsors, and uh, and Mike Stocksdale, musician Mike Stocksdale lives down in L.A. Very very talented guy. Check him out. Um, he is he's uh, he's very talented and and just awesome. And uh, he is now adding music, mixing stuff in. Uh, making the intros, just trying to make this this sound like a like a big boy podcast, you know. Um, anyway, I, I hope you guys enjoy the Brock Wilbur uh, interview and uh, ch- subscribe, share it with your friends, or uh, or don't, you know, just um, silently listen to it and then you know, kind of like uh, like how Trump got elected. Like, don't necessarily broadcast it; just silently go and and download it and silently download it to tell your friends about it and uh, and then maybe I'll get elected to be president. Welcome to the Justin News Podcast. My name is Justin Cross and today my guest, he is a writer, he's a comedian, a self-described Frankenstein American whose work has appeared in Vice, on Crooked Media, in Playboy, in Paste, pretty much every publication that's ever been published. We're talking wooden tablets, folks. <laughs> My guest, Brock Wilbur, thank you so much for being with me. I, I, I can't live up to that intro, so wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> well, I started, I was going through your bio, and I'm like, this guy's written basically everywhere. Like, he's, you've... I mean, like, how long have you been doing this for? Like, I feel like you've been in the game forever. Uh, weirdly, not that long. Uh, just like uh, at some point you have ideas that uh, people pick up and at other points they don't. So, uh, I don't know. Ebbs and flows. <laughs> well, I mean, you cover, obviously, this is a this is a kind of a political comedy podcast. So we, we talk a lot of politics. I know you do as well. But right. like, well, let me ask you this, like, you do all of these types of things. Uh, like, what is for you 
Like, where do you get the greatest joy? Is it, do you consider yourself more of a writer, more of a stand-up comedian, like a podcast guy? Where, where do you, where do you kind of identify yourself with and all that? I would prefer to think of myself, uh, a few years ago, I think I would have thought of myself like primarily as a journalist because I was like, I'm out to like, light the world on fire and I'm going <laughs> to expose everything. Uh, and then things changed a couple of years ago and now I think I consider myself more of a propagandist, which uh, doesn't uh, carry the negative con- connotations that I think it would have a few years ago, where now at this point I'm like, I, the best thing I can do with my platform is lift up the voices of other people that are not straight to white men and be like, hello, somebody should pay attention to this. Um, and like, it is unnecessary for me to critique them or to point out the gaps there because who gives a shit? Like, there's, <laughs> there, there's like, uh, it, there's been a lot in the last couple of weeks where somebody will point out, uh, especially as we are in, the first 500 days of Democratic nomination time where we keep uh, pointing out somebody and we're like, this thing, that makes them fucking like, no one should be able to vote for them. And I'm like, all right, so that's that's a thing. And that is a small problem. But <laughs> do you recognize what that's up against? Because, holy shit, like that other guy's putting children in cages if you want to be mad about this thing like that they did in the mid-90s that created like a, a financial kerfuffle for a, a small tax group, like get your priorities in order. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the left, we love to eat ourselves alive. And I think that there's a part of me that learned from that over the last couple of years that went from being like, I'm going to like call out every like, fucking thing I find to a point of being like, I'm going to call out things <laughs> within a scale which like i have friends that write on like the john oliver show and like it is uh it is something that they had to like reckon with post the election in in like a real way that like i do not envy which was that they would come in every week and they would do these stories and they were cranking the dial to 11 to be outraged about this stuff and then as more and more trump stuff came in there were no more higher 11s to crank the dial. <laughs> so it was like, you, you can, you can only the outrage machine breaks at some point. And so when it came time to move beyond, like there is this very specific subset of a thing that happens in like medical debt and we should all be mad about it because we should be. But if you talk about it as if it's the apocalypse, then when the actual apocalypse arrives, it is impossible to put that into scope or scale and, and it, it, it fails your audience to be able to not do that. Uh, and I, I think I took a lot from that in terms of how I reevaluated everything I write since then, which is to be like, there, there are things where I, I do, I do and should call out what has gone wrong or where things could be better. Uh, and all those things have to be measured against what they are up against, yeah. uh, which is, is wild to me. Like my, my wife today, uh, my wife is uh, Vivian Kane. She's the head feminist politics editor at the Mary Sue and has been there for three years and is just like, she will fuck you up. Oh my God, <laughs> she is so incredible. Somebody today, like with a, a very large following out of nowhere, uh, like screen grab, like part of a post of hers that was cherry picking like a sentence, like half of a sentence 
uh, and went online to accuse her of being anti-Semitic. Uh, and it's just like, right. And, and it was about a candidate, and it was like, the article was not about the candidate. The article had no judgments about the candidate. It just became an attack on my wife who, Jesus Christ, if there was ever not an anti-Semite, it's, it's my wife. Uh, but then I was like, oh, hey, look at who that person is up against. It is a person that definitely, for realsies, hates Jews. And I was like, right. where are we picking these, these lines anymore? Because like, no one seems to have uh, a sense of scope or scale of what we're up against or what we're doing. And so that was, that was sort of a, a two-day reminder of like, what are we doing and why and for who? Uh, and, and, and that scope and scale truly does matter. Uh, it, it doesn't mean that you're lying or doing anything wrong. It just means that you're taking like the whole of reality into perspective. It's like, all right, well, like I can be mad at this person or I can be mad at Wilbur Ross. Uh, <laughs> and, and one of those people is getting uh, millions of, of migrants murdered. So like, you know, Take a side. Take your side. Yeah, yeah and he's falling asleep in the process, too. Um, exactly. <laughs> Which, hey, my favorite part is, like, being named Brock Wilbur. For some reason, people, like, go on Twitter and do, like, <laughs> at sign Wilbur and, like, do, like, rants. And, like, it's them being hashtag resistance, screaming at Wilbur Ross. But it always winds up just winding up with me. <laughs> so I'll, I'll wake up some mornings and just have like a bunch of at replies from somebody that are like, go fuck yourself in the ass and wake up. And I'm like, you know what? I should. Um, <laughs> Already did that. And right? then, it's called look Tuesday. And like, okay, it, it wasn't for me, but like, you know what? It applies. And you're right. And I'm on your side. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like, I mean, it's funny. You, that So I'm recently... And I know this just sounds annoying to some people because I'm going to say the word, but like, so I'm, my girlfriend and I are recently vegan, right? And, and I am not, <laughs> there you go. I appreciate See? that you prefaced it. Just like, I know what this is. Like for the last <laughs> 10 years, would I be this guy? <laughs> yes. And you, you wouldn't like it. <laughs> exactly. Like, but you know, I, I try my best to like, A, not annoy people about it, but also like, I mean, it's one of those things where I, I see some, like I saw a tweet the other day where somebody was, was like congratulating some vegan celebrity because they're like a true vegan, but they're like, and Ellen and Oprah and all those other fake celebrity vegans can go fuck themselves. And I'm like, hold on a second. Like, it's it's kind of one of those things. It's not like all or nothing, right? It's not like, oh, like, uh, you know you know what I mean? Like, there, there's, you, yeah, like if, if, say you're a person who just doesn't like eat McDonald's every day, like you're already right. doing better than like a lot of people, you know, to your point, this happens a lot on the democratic side, which I got to get, I got to ask you, I mean, so we've got the debates coming up tomorrow. Right. And, and, mm -hmm. um, and I better get this podcast out by tomorrow. Otherwise this is totally <laughs> going to be an irrelevant question. But I mean, when you look at the field right now and, and it's down to, I think 40 candidates now, but no, it's, it's like 10 or 11, but like Joe Biden's getting hammered, right, on his his past record. Like, is that how do you view that based on like our conversation just now? Like, is it is it one of those things? I mean, not just Joe Biden, but like you know Kamala Harris and her her record when it comes to what she's done in as a DA in California. Like, how much? I mean, I feel like some of that is definitely relevant information that should apply. But to your right. point of like kind of cannibalizing ourselves, like where does that stop? How do you you know? 
how do we as Democrats or liberals and progressives, how do you kind of deal with that? Well, I think there's only one path forward, and that is Yang Gang. Yang Gang. <laughs> we must all be Yang Gang. Sorry, uh, I, I, was, I was drinking. This is almost <laughs> bad as being I'm a vegan. A mango white claw hard, hard seltzer as you were. Fantastic. And that, that literally almost went projectile on the laptop. So, If I could ruin your laptop with a white claw <laughs> over a gang gang joke, it's the most 2019 moment we could have possibly <laughs> shared. Uh, so this comes, so yes, Joe Biden's history and Joe Biden's record is fucking disqualifying. There's no way around it. Like, there's no way to excuse any of that. But also, there's no way to excuse Joe Biden. Joe Biden... Like, from the point that we are, <laughs> as as I say to make my wife and my friends so sad, so much of the time, like, we are still 450 days out from an election. Yeah. Uh, and we're already at the place that uh, Biden's, like, aides are like, he should do less events because he sunsets. And it's just <laughs> like, well, that, that guy can't be out there. Like, I, I know you want him to go up on stage and say he'll fight Trump behind the schoolhouse. That doesn't work. Right. Um and, and like, uh, Camilla, like, so, so the thing that we're up against here is this new non-binary situation, which is that it should have been, as has always existed, two politicians, that they have a history of being a politician, what they voted on and what they believed, uh, and Trump was never a politician and has never had to go on the record on anything he believes, but also has never believed anything. So like he <laughs> gave money to like abortion foundations until like 2015 when Steve Bannon convinced him that he had to be pro-life in order to run for president. And then he just was like, okay, I'll do that. And now it's all he believes. And, but he doesn't even really believe that like there are no belief systems and he'll switch on a dime and he's actually achieved a point where whenever he changes his mind on something, he has 40% of the country is like, I see why he did that. I'm like totally behind that. Mm-hmm. So th- this goes back to what we started with here, where it's the, the left eats itself. Like, you know, come on. <laughs> Harris is a cop, you know? Right. Uh, yeah. Harris prosecuted. Uh, you know, sex workers, and we all love sex workers, uh, and like, <laughs> but she also had to fill the roles of what the state assigned to her, and like, she wouldn't do that now, I don't think, and I think she's spoken to that in in adequate ways, at least for the starting point here, which, or at least to the point that like, a presidential candidate in 2019 yeah. can speak moderately to the role of sex workers, like, I'm not, I'm not upset by that, but everyone on our side has to dance on hot coals around some sort of like imaginary version of being a moderate. And they're up against somebody that doesn't have to ever believe in anything ever. Right. And when he says he does, he can just change the next day and it doesn't fucking matter to the base. And to our base, like I said, <laughs> as we started out here, the left will eat itself, and the moment that somebody here detects something that they're like, that's not kosher, we will burn them alive at the stake like some sort of wicker man. Uh, <laughs> and that makes it nearly impossible to like get behind a single candidate here, which is the problem. It, it is why that there there is like four people in the running that even have a chance of unifying our base. And it is also the reason that like 
I know Trump's going to win again. And it makes everyone so mad. And they, But there's just no way around it. Like, it, it is it is why in 2015, I was telling my friends, like, Trump's going to win. And they're like, that's bullshit. That'll never happen. I was like, yeah, but the left can't get behind anything because we have all these principles and, like, we have all these people who are like, it's this person or bust or whatever, or like, I'm, I'm mad about a drone or something. And on the other side of the aisle, they don't give a shit about nothing. Yeah. Uh, and we're up against that against that exact same thing now. And so we have to find somebody that we can vet so thoroughly. Right. That like the entirety of half of the country can say yes to that. And that includes like, overcoming sexism and overcoming racism and overcoming like there's there's so many hills to have to be overcome and that is even include like it, it is all based on the idea that we already know like most of the country would say no to this guy but most of the country can't say no to this guy and pick a different person right. and that's our fucking hell that's our hell <laughs> that we live in and cannot escape <laughs> <laughs> so so you're saying you're a marion williamson guy huh Oh, absolutely. I think that uh, crystals will save us. And uh, I, I, I do genuinely appreciate about Williamson that, like, how quickly it went from, like, wow, what a wackadoo fun time that is on Twitter to the next day, everyone being like, hey, remember last time we treated a candidate as, like, a funny ha-ha and how fucked we got? Right. Let's all not do that. And everyone just stopped. And yeah. like, it was like, okay. Okay, nice. Like, everyone did get the memo on that one. That's, that's okay. Tonight's show is brought to you by Blimpy Subs. If Subway can convince you that two foot-long pieces of bread filled with processed meat is healthy, certainly we can get a little slice of that pie, right? Come on, guy. Blimpy, this podcast may be our last gasp. I thought I was a poet, but now I know better I'd rather sing a song than write a four-page love letter It's hard enough to feel, it's hard enough to think It's hard enough to turn on the TV and not blink Cause I wanna look away Is there a candidate that, that you personally believe in, that you like and, and that perhaps could potentially unify the party and, and maybe defeat Trump? Uh, I had big... So, I'll go down the list I had high hopes for Pete, and I think that Pete is still in that place that he could be tapped wonderfully for a vice. Like, I, yeah. I, I think he's good there. Uh, Castro is in the exact same place. And here is, so, so for your listeners that don't know me, because we didn't do a background bio, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm a comedian that toured the country. I'm a screenwriter from Los Angeles. I worked in TV and stuff for like 10 years. And a year and a half ago, my wife and I, because we were both working in journalism, uh, realized we could keep our jobs, but that we could do that thing that everyone in the Democratic Party talks about, which is that, like, we have to leave the liberal mecca cities of the coast. So we moved to Kansas City, and we live on the on the borderline between Kansas and Missouri, and we take place, it, we, we, we do work in, in, in the politics of two different red states, uh, fighting for, like, women's reproductive rights and, and fighting for various candidates. So, like, right out of the gate, uh, we got Sharice Davids elected as U.S. representative awesome. in Kansas. And Sharice Davids is a Native American 
uh, lesbian former MMA fighter, (laughs) uh, who like the first time I interviewed her, like as part of her interview, she was like, you know what? Uh, I was like, what do you even do when you have free time? Uh, I, I know you're used to be a corporate lawyer and you live in DC and do stuff. Like I'm sure you don't have time. She's like, Oh, I, I, I watch a lot of the Arrowverse. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? She's like, yeah, yeah. Like I love the flash <laughs> legends of tomorrow. And I was just like, okay, so we have a different interview to do now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so like there, there's a lot happening there. And like Missouri is also this place where they're trying to, uh, be the face of defeating uh, Roe versus Wade and sending it to the Supreme Court. So there's a lot of shit on that side. So uh, a big part of my life has been moving out here and trying to take place in like finding middle grounds and to helping like further these things. So like I recognize what like a peak does for us and. Uh, there are a lot of interesting people that have been in the lineup so far for president that have done good work, especially reaching out to the Midwest and trying to find ways to bridge them into what we're doing. A lot of them have good VP skills and, and, and there's something to come from that. Uh, I, <laughs> I love, I love Beto so much. Yeah. I want to watch him reunite the Mars Volta. Uh, at some sort of party. Uh, I I am so embarrassed by the campaign he has done. I He's definitely out. Uh, oh, so, uh, sorry. So the reason I was telling the Kansas City story is that uh, in Kansas City, uh, we, uh, we had a mayoral race. And the mayoral race in Kansas City, uh, a bunch of people run, and you don't have political campaigns. Mm. So there were just like 11 people running, and you're like, no one's like Republican or Democrat. It became obvious that there were like 10 Democrats in our little, <laughs> uh, blue oasis. And like one guy that just every time they asked, like, wouldn't say that he supported abortion. And you're like, all right, I know who you fucking are. Uh, but what, what came from the process of them having months of debate and doing this stuff was that the two people that wound up being, the final two candidates, which were both like super leftist people, uh, both people of color, uh, one was gay. Uh, they, they both came from the city and from within specific communities and had great ideas. The process of the debates over those several months and the other people on stage with them that were never going to win, they pushed everything on the platform so far fucking left that it was just like, Wow, like we were in order to keep running, you had to basically accept like some levels of socialism that like I don't think Kansas City was ready for, but everyone's like, all right, so like that's a popular policy, let's do that. So that has been like now my thing that is the dream for what we are doing with 450 fucking days <laughs> of, of the Democratic platform. Uh, and so like the, the things that have felt good to me uh, here have been like, you know what, I I really think it's a loss that Jay Inslee left the stage, but Jay Inslee left the stage yeah. and it's like, here's my thing, single issue candidate, yeah. I want to push everyone further on, on, on climate, and people that had to be on the stage and argue with him had to accept some of his platforms, and like uh, Julian Castro, like, 
he has some of these immigration things where he's like, I've actually like dug into the fucking legal meat of it. And like, this is like, it's what he destroyed Beto with was like, actually you're wrong because this law wouldn't make this thing happen. And this law would make this other thing happen. And the next day, everyone else in the DNC like accepted what he said as the new platform. And so like, there's a part of me that really loves like, keep as many of these people on the stage for as long as possible because the more of these people that we have, the more good ideas get like forcefully accepted and the further left we go. Right, right. Well, that's... Like, I don't think Cory Booker's going to introduce anything that's going to change anything wildly. But like, to his credit, like Andrew Yang has three really good ideas. Andrew Yang and everyone behind him and his fan base is toxic from the ground up. The Yang Gang. Like, the Yang Gang, I, I, I have unironically been a supporter for a while, but like every time my wife writes about him, she gets like hate mail for the lightest level of like criticism. <laughs> I was like, you know, go fuck yourself. But he has some good ideas and I'm, I'm constantly like, yes, please make sure that like you keep shoving those ideas in there and that other people at least at some point have to recognize them and like, you know, grab two of them and make them part of our party platform. That's like, that. that's cool. And let's keep doing that. Be the Borg of the Democratic platform. Just <laughs> adopting a couple of cool ideas from everyone as we kill them. And then we will eventually have the perfect Democratic candidate. Uh, so you, you just, you like the fireworks a little bit, huh? Like, I mean, the oh. more, you, you like a, you like a nice explosion to happen tomorrow, huh? I, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't need to be that big. It's just sort of like, you know, there's, there are good ideas out there. And so, like, you know, you, you asked about Joe Biden and what he's doing. Joe Biden isn't listening to anybody else's fucking good ideas. Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders are like, all right, that Andrew, that Andrew Yang, he's got an idea. Maybe we should use it. Like right. that's those are the people I want. Like that's it's so easy. It's so right. simple. Like why not do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, exactly. And and uh, yeah, it's it's fascinating. I mean, I I think that you know. So I had I was hoping you would th- throw a shout out just to John Delaney only because I've interviewed him on I the podcast. To your episode, I loved your episode with John. Delaney Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, I was, I was, I was hoping you would just throw a shout out so I can, because I'm a whore and I'll cross promote it. You know, I'll be like, comedian Brock Wilbur says John Delaney is destined to be the nominee. You know, and then I'll, I'll like take the quote out of context. I'll basically be like every liberal on Twitter, and then, and then I'll cross promote both podcasts. And it, again, it's, it's the oh, whore. John Delaney's destined to be shit. Thank you. So, you know, promote it if you want. <laughs> he said something about like, I'm gonna I'm the one I'm the guy who who could kick Trump's ass or something like that. And mm-hmm. a minute after the interview, I got an email from his campaign that was like, Give us this give us the sound bite of that. Like this is gonna go crazy. Uh I don't think it went crazy. But um This is gonna go crazy is the saddest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and he, I never got it. Also, also, if he needed your podcast to be the platform to finally, you know what, that Donald Trump, you think, you know what, listening, <laughs> l- listening close, 
I'm going to fight him. And then everyone there is like, oh, shit. John Mulaney's going to fight him. Oh, shit. You don't know me. Like, you don't know me. <laughs> and they're like, we didn't know he was going to fight him. But now, oh, those are fighting words. Oh, like, man. Dumb, like, what an awful shit campaign. I, I, I often wonder, like, knowing the people that work on the campaigns that you know are going to fail, it's like, hey, did you just graduate from ASU? Is this like your first job ever? And you're like, actually, it turns out I'm running a presidential campaign. It's like, for who? It's like, for a guy that won't be there in a week. But like, right now, we're all real excited. <laughs> Brought to you by Kylie Jenner. Not directly, but we've just got word that she's just purchased the internet. So she pretty much owns everything now. All hail the Jennernet. Life is expensive. Music is cheap. I sold you my soul. You wanted it free. And nobody cares. That's easy to think. But we all give a shit just about different things. And you and your wife moved to, to Kansas City. Do you see on a daily basis the disconnect that it appears from the outside between the coastal states or the, you know, the, yeah, the coastal states and the big cities and the flyover states, or is that, are you, are you seeing more commonalities than may appear to, to like national media and to maybe just the, the person, you know, the, the average person who thinks there is that huge disconnect? Oh, uh, no, it is uh, quite bad. Uh, <laughs> there is, I, I, and, and I live in a neighborhood that is, very left leaning, but uh, it's so Cam City, uh, and and people come in, and I have I have many friends that are from across the aisle, but uh, those same people will, uh, at the start of a conversation, be like, "Hey, did you hear about this thing?" And I'm like, "Yeah, isn't that Fox?" And they're like, "That's from the fake news," and that is the start of so many conversations wow. at this point, and it it, it isn't. Um, it isn't like this cartoonish, like MAGA hat wearing crowd, but it 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 it, it is a whole group of people that is like, you know, I know that it, it's it's almost weirder because it would be one version if it was like I'm coming in today and I have one reality, and I know I'm going up against somebody else's reality. This isn't that. This is that they know that I have my reality, and they're just coming in to say like, uh, hey, guess what? I heard that's bullshit. Uh, and, and a lot of it, um, it takes this form that like is my greatest fucking like nightmare. Like saying, I, like I'd rather like somebody come up to me and be like MAGA and try to fist fight me than what this is. And what this is, is that, um, I have a number of people in my life out here that are like, look, 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 I don't care about politics. I'm a person. You're a person. We're all people. We, we have beliefs and like, uh, you believe what you believe and I'll believe what I believe. I'm like, we should all just be able to get along. And like, if you hear me say something and you don't like it, like we shouldn't fight over it. It should be fine. And that is the exact same person that like two minutes later is going to be like, 
is going to scream at my wife that she murders babies or is going to be like, you know, we have to build the wall because it's just rapists out there. And it's like, what happened to that thing from 90 seconds ago? Yeah. Where you were like, your beliefs, you were just like, you know, we all share, we're all humans and we all love each other. <laughs> and yeah. and it, it always falls apart. It, it, is because, it is my weirdest like trope down is to like when somebody's like, you know what? Politics don't matter. That's more triggering for me than a bag of hat at this point, because I know that the person that's saying that is about to like just fucking blow my life up. Yeah, yeah. How do how do you like? I mean, how on a daily basis do you try to talk to folks who you disagree with, even your friends? I mean, do like do 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 you guys talk about it, or or is it just like you know, you buy your bumper sticker and they buy theirs? (laughs) Um. So, yes, so uh, the big thrust here was to move out to the middle of the country, try and change hearts and minds. Um, the, some of the practical version of that has been like working at Planned Parenthood, and I will do calls around the elections, uh, and uh, oh boy, do you not change hearts and minds, and oh boy, do people just fucking scream at you? Uh, <laughs> I think I worked 30 hours around the last big election out here at Planned Parenthood, mostly doing cold calls. Uh, I think I got three people to show up to vote out of maybe, I'm going to say 1,500 calls. Holy shit. Wow. Uh, so a thousand of them were people that don't pick up the phone because who the fuck picks up a phone in 2019? Right. But the rest were all people being like screaming at me like, how'd you get this number? I love Jesus. You're a baby killer. Go fuck yourself. I was like, yeah, this is as fulfilling as I hoped when I moved from Los Angeles, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, in practice, there is a lot of stuff that happens out here. Uh, there are a lot of like, there have been a lot of, especially like protests lately. There have been a lot of marches and like uh, uh, cultural events have actually been the thing that I think matter the most. Like we have an, uh, an overwhelming number of like very small Comic-Con things. Like we had, we have one like that happened at our local library where there was maybe 80 comic creators from mostly the region. And like we went and we brought our little brother from our big brother's big sisters program. And like, a bunch of people showed up dressed in like crazy over the top, like star Wars cosplay, but like, uh, just people seeing other artists in the place and like talking about things. I, I, I saw the, the best versions I've ever seen out here. of like somebody coming in with a closed mind. And then I'm talking to somebody that was making like, weirdly like pornographic, like comic books or something. <laughs> it was like, Okay, so like, what do you think about things? And they're like, well, you know, I love the Dark Crystal. And they're like, I, I also love the Dark Crystal, I guess. <laughs> well, wait, what, what do you think about a Hillary Clinton? And it's like, there we go. We're doing it. We're doing it. We're going to make Hillary Clinton no longer a war criminal. She's just the Dark Crystal. Like, everyone get on board. Uh, so, yeah, I, I saw I was, I was, the, 
there are these small moments and they're like at their marketplaces, they're at cultural events where I keep being like, Hey, uh, I don't know if anyone else is noticing. And I'm like, maybe don't say anything cause we're going to spook them and they'll run away. But like <laughs> cultural progress is happening. Uh, and it's really fucking cool. So we're trying to find the ways to like encourage that because, you know, calling people doesn't do it, but also there is, um, there is this incredible sense of like, uh, as I think is happening nationally, like the number of people that are on like an Emily list sort of thing where they're like, Hey, guess what? I, I'm a woman. I never thought I would run for something. I'm going to run for the most local election I can and walk around and talk to people. Uh, volunteering with groups like that has led to, a lot of, A, just meeting some of my neighbors who aren't as bad as I thought. Like, there's a guy across the street from me that I was like, the, the only interaction I've ever had with him was like, oh, you're like a fucking racist. And like, <laughs> since then, I've like, talked to him, I was like, oh, you're actually a pretty good guy. So, like, okay, we're on board with some things. Like, just supporting, like, local candidates for, like, city council and school board and yeah. stuff like that. You start to build these things and it's uh it is wild how quickly you can feel good about the community that you're raising i can recognize in the last year and a half how different my neighborhood is based upon when we moved in and i'm like i think it extends further into the city and i'm proud of that but for just this is like okay so this is where this is where you start, and then you you fern gully it out of there, and like uh, <laughs> things will get better. Uh, and it, it is a reminder that you know it you can you can hit the pavement, and uh, you can actually change things. And I I think that uh, in Los Angeles, I had lost my belief that that would ever be possible, and and now I've got it again. <laughs> well, I I'll say this: I, the the phrase fern gully it. I don't think that's ever been uttered on the Justin News podcast. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, that is that's uh, you've done something. You've changed. You've changed somebody's heart, right? You know, across the phone dial from me right here. So, <laughs> I would. Uh, I'd love to have you back on and talk about local politics too, and and even the Senate campaign oh, sure. and all that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, but I, I last thing I, I want to go out on a on on a couple quick questions I got for you. Um, gotcha. you are a six, seven man who has been in Hollywood. I mean, I, I only say this, I mean, listen, Scotty Pippen, that's the same height as Scotty <laughs> Pippen for those who stopped watching right. basketball back in 98, but I'm, I'm almost a foot, foot shorter than you. So, you know, and I lived in LA and all that kind of stuff. I got to ask, you're a very smart, very talented guy, but have you ever used your height to intimidate your way into a job? Uh, plenty of commercial jobs were with me against other people of the exact same height. And then we all just looked at each other and got embarrassed. So <laughs> that doesn't work. Uh, I worked briefly as a, as a bouncer and a, anyone that's listening to the show can see my face. I'm a six, seven man, but with the face of a gigantic baby. So <laughs> that didn't work. That's the extent of it. <laughs> oh, and, and speaking of which, I want to know about your cats because people, <laughs> people, first of all, you got to follow Brock on Twitter at Brock Wilbur. Um, it's, it's like Wilbur Ross, except a lot less racist. Um, <laughs> uh, 
but you you post a lot about your cats. Your cats are adorable. Do you have a favorite? <laughs> I mean, uh, we all have a so favorite. For the, for the new listeners, uh, the week before I met my, my wife in Los Angeles, uh, she adopted a stray uh, named uh, Dr. Kitty Kimball from The Fugitive, <laughs> who is named for Dr. Kimball uh, from The Fugitive, uh, which uh, that cat fucking hates me and has always hated me. <laughs> and to this day, I'm like, if I met you a week earlier, that cat would not be in our lives. <laughs> should, uh, should have been more forceful with uh, my friends there. Uh, Kimball's a great cat. Uh, she looks like a porg. Uh, she's always angry. Uh, so we moved to Kansas City. We just had her, and we were here for a couple of months. Uh, and a friend of ours posted a thing on Facebook that uh, she's a vet, and uh, another vet that she works with had found two tiny three- to four-week-year-old kitten boys that were brothers that were abandoned in a dumpster to die. Uh, and there's just a picture of the two of them clinging to each other for life in this weird little hug. Uh, and they, they brought them in there like, would anyone want to bring them home? Uh, and it was like my, I, my, I sent it to my wife, uh, as a Facebook link. And before I'd said anything, she's like, are you already on the way to get them? I was like, yes. Like it's, <laughs> it was just, it was also a part of a, like, we just moved to Casey. I was like, we should accept them as our, our, our Casey children. And, um, we named them Woodward and Bernstein, because uh, we're both journalists and we think that they were both in the dumpster <laughs> looking for ways to bring down the president. Uh, and so for like a year plus now, uh, they've been our best friends and all day long, every day, they get into little scamps and they're online, but mostly they still just like cling to each other and hug like they're the most in love cats that ever lived. That's awesome. Uh, and it's, it's truly heartbreaking sometimes. So if, uh, yeah, if you want to follow me, uh, ignore my, uh, dumb takes about video games and politics just watch these two boys be in love. <laughs> it's they are adorable, and uh, I'm thank uh, you. I'm um, but wow, I'm looking. I'm looking at your. By the way, I'm looking at your Twitter. You got a cake reference in here. I see a cake sign. <laughs> this is well, well. So, so next, well, I'm so for next week's podcast. I'm actually interviewing Ben Folds, and he's he's playing with cake on Friday. And I'll be honest, Fantastic. I know I know a lot of Ben Folds songs. I don't know. Like, I know, you know, a couple of the popular ones that are on the radio. That's all. So I got to study up just in case I happen to get the cake interview as well. But uh, I, I, I like how you, I love, I, you know, you have some funny stuff beyond just the cats. They're adorable. But, like, people got to check you out, man. You are hilarious. And uh, I thank you so much for, for being on the podcast, man. I really appreciate it. May I give you a Ben Folds recommendation? <laughs> please, please. Yeah, definitely. We are we are huge Ben Folds fans. We just saw him like two weeks ago. Uh, always love to see him. But Ben Folds, my favorite thing about him is that uh, he will intro a song and be like, so here's a song, and here's what it's about. And he will describe word for word 
the literal situation that happened, and that will be the entirety of the song. So he has a new, he has a song from like two years ago about throwing his pool, his phone into a pool uh-huh. in New Orleans. Yep. Uh, and like his intro to that song is like, so I was at this motel, and I was talking to Kesha, and I was mad about something. So I threw my phone into a pool, and it was in New Orleans. And then he'll just kick into a song. You're like, Ben Folds, do you? Do you actually ever write songs or do you just like have some chords and then you're like, I will, I will take my diary page from today <laughs> and I will set it to sound. Because <laughs> then when he tells it later, you're like, okay, so that's like the most normie song I've ever right. heard. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, if I thought it was a metaphor, it would be different. But instead, you're like, no, actually, it's just like I, uh, I ruined my phone. <laughs> I guess, uh, I guess that's the whole story. Then Kesha uh, was there. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Here's the thing: I was bored one day, and I found a brick. Stay with me. On this. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, okay. So people can catch you out, catch you on Twitter at Brock Wilbur, and and where where else can they find you and read about read you read your stuff and 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 also your wife. Oh, uh, BrockWilder.com. Uh, that's uh, sort of the extent of it. Read my wife's work over at the MarySue.com. Uh, her name is Vivian King. She's very good. Please don't yell at her. <laughs> <laughs> and and then again, this is Brock Wilbur we're talking to, not Wilbur Ross. So uh, <laughs> I don't think he falls asleep during meetings. So. Um, Brock, thank you so much for being the guest here on the Justin News thank podcast. You. And uh, I'd love to talk to you again, uh, you know, hopefully there not too go. long from now. We can talk about some uh, some local politics and, and more about the cats. Anytime. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you.